Courage or crazy? Courage to get through life and a whole lot of crazy to survive life. Trapper, Teresa, and Cheryl, your ambassadors of Courage or Crazy. Sharing life with you, uncensored and unfiltered. Real life, real people, real courage, real crazy. Hello and welcome to Courage or Crazy. I'm Cheryl Oliver, and I am one of the three parts of Courage or Crazy. So this is going to be my journey as to how Courage or Crazy came to be in my mind and the role I played in it. So I guess the true start or the birth of Courage or Crazy in my mind kind of was forced upon me when my son, R.J. LaFour, was murdered on February 9th, 2006. Um, as with most people who have lost a someone very significant in their life, it becomes a defining factor in your life and what you do moving forward. And everything revolves around your remembered dates and was it pre that or post that. So anybody um, who has ever lost a child especially can truly understand what that date meant to me. Um, RJ was my oldest son of three. I had two boys very close together, a couple of years apart. And then 18 years later, I had another little guy. So that in itself is another story, but shortly after RJ was murdered, which, by the way, was in my home, which created a whole nother just uck about life itself, um, about three weeks into it, four weeks into it, when I am still dealing with grief so heavy I don't even know if I want to wake up every morning, and uh, my husband at the time, the stepdad to my son, he um, just couldn't handle it, so uh, he left. So there was another grief I was dealing with at the same time. So now I was thrown into being a single mom, um, dealing with grief that was so heavy I could barely carry it most days, having a little almost three-year-old wandering around the house and, you know, sometimes just looking at him and rolling over in bed because I just didn't want to get up. I didn't want to face life. I didn't. I, I just didn't. And then... Um, my other middle son, Tony, he uh, was still living in Michigan, so he was away from me. And then I became obsessed with, you know, making sure he was safe. <laughs> so I'm sure I bugged the hell out of him. Um, you know, wanted to hear from him several times a day, make sure he was still breathing. Because, uh, you know, the fear of losing another child is something that creates anxiety still today, 16 years later. Then throw in on top of all that, you got hearings and motions and trials and, you know, dealing with the court system and, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you get kind of primal sometimes and think, you know, well, you took my son, I want to take you out. And I mean, that's not a way to handle life at all, but it sure does cross your mind once in a while. So it's just a whole lot of cluster that started on that day that just kept progressing and progressing and progressing. In the middle of all that, um, I was trying to work still. And actually, I thought I was doing a good job. I mean, I guess maybe I wasn't, but I was showing up to work every day and doing what I needed to do and moving forward. And I had a contract negotiation with the partners that owned the business I worked for at the time. <clears throat> And they decided to rewrite my contract and then decided not to pay me per my contract. So I just walked out. And I guess I was 
grief-stricken enough or crazy enough or not knowing what time of day it was <laughs> enough to, that I thought having $250 in my bank account and starting my own business was a fabulous fucking idea. So I did. Um, and I made it. I don't really know how some days, you know, but I made it. Um, along the way, I met this group of people, some other people who had also lost children. Um, and together, there were five of us that also created what's called the Compassionate Friends. It's a worldwide organization for parents who have lost children, but we created a Verde Valley chapter in Cottonwood, Arizona. And uh, one of the significant stories of that is I remember we were at a forming meeting when I was meeting most of the five that was going to help create that. And one of the one of the ladies in the group had lost her daughter, I believe it was 10 years prior to that, on Christmas Eve. And I just kept staring at her through this meeting, and I was kind of zoned in on her. And my brain, I wasn't really listening, to be honest with you, of the rest of the story. And finally I said, I don't understand. I, I really don't understand. You're sitting here, and you seem normal. And it's been 10 years after losing a child. And she kind of laughed and she goes, yeah, you're still in those early stages. It does get better. But in my brain, I was thinking, holy shit, you can lose a child and survive it? I mean, every day I woke up thinking I didn't plan anything for that evening or the next day and definitely not the next week because I was 100% sure that I was going to die of a broken heart. That's just the way I felt. I didn't plan anything because I was 100% sure that it was a thing to die of a broken heart and that it was going to happen any time. So through all of that, I just kind of got up every day, <laughs> figured I was going to die of a broken heart at some time, but what the hell, I might as well accomplish something along the way. So I was running the business, operating it, making, you know, making sure I paid the bills because still didn't understand why I needed to pay bills because I thought I was going to die of a broken heart. But, you know, at least I'd leave something for my other two boys. And then I met Trapper Moore. Um, at that time, he was in Camp Verde. Actually, he's still in Camp Verde. But I was in his office one day and um, we had met previously over the phone and stuff. But this was our kind of our first encounter of meeting each other. And we had talked a few times and, you know, I'm sitting there talking to him and he knew, as did everybody, because it was front page news when my son was murdered, but he knew the story. And he said something to me along the lines of, you know, it, I, it, I'm impressed by the courage that you have, you have shown by, you know, losing your child, making a business grow, raising a child on your own. And I sort of laughed because I really, really thought that I was just batshit crazy. I mean, I thought there was no even realm of rational thought that ever hit my head from day to day. And here is someone telling me that I have courage. And I, I was sort of dumbfounded over that. I was like, I don't feel courageous at all. And, uh, so through the course of that conversation, we kind of began to birth this idea between the two of us of courage or crazy and how everything in life, every thought we have, every 
situation that comes up in our life, if you take the time to look at it and really think about it, you're either completely courageous walking through that journey or you're just batshit crazy or the majority of the time, it's a combination of both of those things. And so then is when this concept of courage or crazy began its very first conceptual journey. So <laughs> moving forward, Trapper and I are busy. We're both got businesses to run. We both got kids. Our, our kids that are at home are both about the same age. They're both in Taekwondo. We just ran into each other frequently. And always there were text messages and phone calls and every conversation we had, or even if something happened in one of our lives, you know, there was the text message, you're not going to believe how crazy this was. You're not going to believe how courageous this was. It just kind of permeated everything we do, everything we thought about. And our conversations would always be, you know what, we need to tell the masses about this. We need to, we need to get them to understand how courage or crazy is such a part of everything we do. We need to talk to other people about their journeys of courage and crazy. And of course, life passes, we get busy, we, we just, you know, life just changes and evolves and we move at the pace that life is going. So long about 2012, I decided to leave the Verde Valley and move down to Sierra Vista, Arizona, which is in the southeast area. I opened a, a retail store in Bisbee, Arizona, and then life really got crazy. Um, but even then, you know, through all of that, Trap and I still talking about courage or crazy. And then about a year or so after I moved down to the Sierra Vista area, I met Teresa Grimm. And it was kind of funny, like we were part of a BNI networking group and I saw her from across the room and there's this uncanny thing that people from the Midwest have the ability to do. It's like you can pick out Midwesterners out of a damn crowd. I don't know what the it factor is about that. But it sure seems to be the case. So, of course, I went over and talked to her and asked if she was from the Midwest. And yes, she was. And so it kind of just created this bond of friendship between us. And uh, I don't know. It took a little bit because Teresa's not like me. I tend to blurt out things in my world of what's going on. Like, oh, by the way, I'm the mother of a, I've lost a child. So what about you? What's your life like? <laughs> so Teresa, not so much that way. So through bottles of tequila, some wine, some long discussions, I realized that Teresa had also lost a child. And uh, so then the bond of friendship became a bond of parents who have lost children. And for those of you listening to that, you know what that bond is. It is a bond that, that creates this total, true, inner understanding and no words need to be said, although sometimes words are necessary to help get us through stages in our life. But truly, no words needs to be said because when you are in amongst people, parents who have lost children, you just know. And everybody understands the grief, understands the pain, and you just feel like you're amongst your people, even though you don't want to be part of those people. It's a group none of us want to belong to, but there is a bond that is created. So 
down here in Sierra Vista, you know, Teresa and my journey went through <clears throat> craziness and and weird things happening. And I've had to ask Teresa to do things she didn't want to do. Um, you know, it's just friendship. It was just one of those things like I knew I could depend on her. I could call her and ask for anything. And she just was there. Her family was there for me. Um, again, it just was kind of a bond that just happened. It wasn't like, oh, we're friends because of this, that, or the other thing. We just became friends. Her family became my family. My family became her family. It's just the way it is. You know, I mean, I needed help raising Jacob, my third son. Um, and, you know, she was there to help give him rides and keep him when I need to travel or any of those kinds of things. And, you know, and occasionally during all those craziness that Teresa and I would have, um, I'd bring up Courage or Crazy. So every now and then she got to hear about it. She understood it. Um, she understood the vision that Trapper and I had kind of created in our mind. But, you know, she was busy doing life in her life. And so she would think about it once in a while. And, and that was about it. And then in 2022, post-COVID, Teresa called me and said, you know, will you come do a podcast with me in my recording studio? I didn't even ask what I needed to talk about. It didn't matter. She was my friend. We have a bond. She needed me. I was going to be there. Now, keep in mind, she's asked me to do some pretty crazy stuff in the past, like bite into a heart. Another podcast idea, but you get the picture. When Teresa asks me to do something, I just say yes, and then I assume it's going to be something that revolves around her incredibly creative mind. So I show up at the studio, and she tells me that she is struggling post-COVID, not knowing, you know, I mean, if you're a photographer or a videographer or any of that kind of stuff, you know what COVID did to your business. I mean, it it destroyed a lot of them and made them adjust the way they do business. And so she was in the throes of all of that. What is, what am I going to do now? What moving forward? She had a lot of questions in her mind. She also had some things going on emotionally about her losing her child, Alex, what that meant, how she struggled to express it over the years. So the podcast was just us being real with each other, being just talking things through that mattered in life. And somewhere in the middle of the conversation around that podcast, the light bulb went off in my head. And I went, holy shit, we've got to call Trapper. And Teresa, of course, had heard me say Trapper before. She goes, yeah, that's your friend up, up in the Verde Valley, right? The one you talk about all the time. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand, Trees. He... And you and me have to have a conversation. So we got on the phone with Trapper. We get on the phone and we start talking. And I'm like, Trapper, she's our missing link. And he's like, missing link about what? Because, of course, he's busy too. And I'm like, reaching the masses and launching Courage or Crazy. You and I have thought about this for, at this time, has been 16 years now. But... We didn't know how to launch it. We didn't know how to reach it. We didn't know how to talk to other people about it. And now Teresa, who is the most creative videographer, photographer, all of that 
photographer stuff combined, that's who Teresa is. So we had a conversation that day and it became very evident that we had found what was going to create and launch Courage or Crazy. And that was the three of us. Trapper, Teresa, and Cheryl were going to make this happen. It was taking what was created in February 9th, 2006, and then later combining it with Trapper's life and Trapper's mentality and the connection I have with him, bringing together the connection I have with Teresa and all that that means. And so the idea was created and we moved forward with it. And now today, um, this series of four launching podcast is going to introduce you to everything courage or crazy related. So I want to tell you as you listen to all of this, some of the things that I personally want you to keep in mind about courage or crazy. Not only is it the connection, um, but it's, it's our journey forward is going to be full of craziness, real, uncensored, unfiltered, sometimes total bullshit, sometimes more fun than you want to deal with, and sometimes more real than you might want to deal with. But I want you all to remember my favorite saying, and the saying that has got me through life more than once, <clears throat> is love conquers all. Absolutely, positively, love conquers all. The love I have for the my two founders of Courage or Crazy, the love I have for RJ, along with my other two boys, Tony and Jacob. But love truly will get us through this journey. Love truly gets you through every journey. And for anyone out there dealing with things, life is full. Life is full of things that are going to require a lot of courage. And uh, life is full of some crazy shit, man. I'm telling you. That shit crazy has its place in your life and you need to wrap your arms around it, appreciate it, and by all means, share it. So as we move forward in this journey, um, I cannot express to you how grateful I am for this happening. Today, as we launch this, it feels to me like another step in the journey of honoring RJ and what it has meant to me to carry the title of a grieving parent. So RJ, I know is with me today in more ways than I can even imagine. My other two boys are going to be very proud of this launch because let's face it, 16 years to accomplish something <laughs> is it's huge. It's huge. So everyone, please join us as we deal with real life, real people, real courage, real crazy. And uh, you're going to be introduced to the two other threesome of this group. And I want you to always look into your heart. Always know that love conquers all. And always know that we want you on this journey with us. So come along. 
pack up your gear and let's start this journey together.